going on, youth workers? Paul Turner here from the thediscipleproject.net. Glad that you're with me today. Thank you for tuning in. If you're brand new to the show, I want to thank you for your attention. Hope that you'll enjoy what you're going to hear today. And if you're a regular, as always, I appreciate your time here as well. It's that time of year again to flip the calendar, so to speak, as I will be celebrating my 54th birthday this coming Tuesday. And yes, still thankful to be in youth ministry at 54 years old, still doing ministry and uh, loving teenagers. If you would like to help me celebrate the day, I'm going to give you three choices. One, you can text me 205-260-7229 and just say, hey, Paul, happy birthday. Uh, Number two, you can leave a review. That's right. Leave a review of the podcast. I'll put a link down in the show notes and just leave five stars in a review. I'd be happy to read it. And uh, so if you've been enjoying the program, you're looking for a reason to do it. Well, it could be a birthday present to me. And the last way, I'm going to put a link down below as well, that if you would like to leave a tip, that's right. I have a little tip jar and you can go ahead and leave a little money in there. Say, Paul, why don't you buy your little self a little coffee for your birthday or something like that. And uh, that would be wonderful as well. So if you would like to do that, well, all those options are on the table. And uh, at 54, I'm glad to be anywhere at this point. Um, And I'm super glad to be in youth ministry and I'm super glad to be talking with you today. Uh, And today we're going to be talking about sports and youth ministry because it's a year round thing. Now it's used to be where it just was, you know, where it was just football or it was just this, but you know, in the past 15 years, it's just become a year round type of thing. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about a program that I'm running this summer that I've run several years and has been uh, with great success called Tribes. And it is a nine week uh, event. It is a nine week competition. It is the breaking up of teams. It is like having camp all summer long which good the good thing is that the kids go home every Wednesday you don't have to uh, stay in the room with them and and smell their dirty laundry all week uh, but you can you can send them home on a Wednesday night after this camp spectacle is over and what I do is I break it down for you I give you all the score sheets I give you slides uh, I have uh, audio coaching on there uh, through the tribes um, product there is that you can get it and listen to me actually break it down how i break it down how i break down teams how i do the points how all how i do the games all that kind of stuff and i'm running it this summer for my students uh they've named it differently but that's okay it doesn't matter what you name it uh if you want to call it tribes that's great if you don't you can call it something else but the nine weeks are spelled out for you i have the themes I have the activities, I have the games, it's all there for you. So if you don't have your plan yet or for the summer, or if you say, look, maybe this is something I want to do in the fall, you can do it in the fall as well. So I'm going to put a link down in the show notes as well. That If you're interested in that, uh, go ahead and grab it for yourself. I don't believe you're going to regret it because I've seen the fruit of it. I have seen students come in. I have seen students become members. I have seen my youth ministries grow because of it. And when you do it well, when you do competition well, uh, I believe that as a result you're going to build relationships you're going to build teams you're going to you, all these things are going to happen and uh and of course sharing the gospel every week uh in doing that you kids are going to come to know christ and then have a positive experience at your youth ministry so link down in the show notes all right so let's go ahead and jump into today's topic which is talking about youth ministry and sports And uh, I want to break down for you four truths uh, about youth ministry and sports. I think it's important to know. And listen, when I was younger, you know, uh, know, I believed 
sports was the enemy of youth ministry. I said, why would you want to go to this? Or why would you want to be involved in that? And why are you going to miss, you know, youth program? I just, I do, I hear youth pastors complaining about this all the time, you know, that, uh, that they can't seem to build momentum and they can't because they're missing kids and so forth and so on. Uh, and I, listen, I felt the same way. So sports took athletic students away from my youth meetings, right? Outreaches, retreats, and, you know, my thought was, you know, didn't these coaches know I needed the numbers? <laughs> didn't, didn't they know I needed certain kids to be there to kind of help build this thing? And it's easy to blame our youth ministry's sagging momentum and low numbers on sports. Judgment usually follows things. We say things like, well, if these kids loved God more than sports, they'd be here. Or if these parents loved God more than sports, they'd have their kid in church. Well, these are the things that some pastors and youth pastors say behind the scenes. And as I got older, I realized sports are not the enemy of youth ministry and a few other truths. And I believe the first truth that I learned was this, not being at church because of sports is not the same as not loving God. It's an incredible statement to equate someone's attendance to their love of God. Now, is it conceivable that they don't love the church community they belong to or the youth program or you? Yes. In fact, it's more likely that than them not loving God. If you are trying to minister to a sports-driven family, having a judgmental mindset only puts you at odds with them. If you don't let the judgment go, Seeing their sports picks on social media will only trigger you. Instead of judgment, offer the family and student unconditional love and support whether they are involved in the youth program or not. The second truth that I learned about youth ministry and sports is that parents will always do what is in the best interest of their kids. See, you and I have zero control over what a family will do. Their students' involvement in the youth group may be the last thing on their list. Your goal as the youth pastor, I believe, and my goal, is that we should be able to minister to the family and to the student no matter where they put church or youth on their list. Andrew Root, author of The End of Youth Ministry, says, Look out, looking out over Universal City Walk, I recognized that we have our own very different cathedrals and revered places. And for some parents, the cathedrals and revered places are ballparks, courts, and fields. This is why if you confront parents or their kids about sports or their schedule or attendance, it's like confronting someone's religious beliefs. Sports, like anything else, can become idolatry. And when you mess with somebody's idol, you get a lot of pushback. This is not only true of sports uh, parents, but dance parents, uh, debate parents, band parents, homework parents, you know, pick your poison. But the real deal is this. It's not my job or your job to push over somebody else's idol. It has to be pushed over by them. They have to first recognize that it's an idol and they have to be the ones that are going to take care of it and push it over themselves. But in the end, parents want their kids to be happy. They want them to find their thing. And the youth ministry is just another one of those tools to help make that happen. And it's kind of the, the bigger premise of Andrew Root's book that I've quoted. Uh, youth pastors who understand this, you know, will be less offended that some parents do not put the youth ministry high on the list of things that make my kids happy. You know, that, that doesn't mean that this will not change over time. Concerning parents and happiness, Root says, Parenting practices today center on protection, not necessarily because children are fragile, 
but because of a steady state of happiness that is the aim. In other words, sports make my kids happier than your youth program. Happiness is the end game. And then the third truth that I learned about sports and youth ministry, student athletes do not exist for our programs. We exist for them. Your local Starbucks manager does not sit around cursing people saying, well, if people would spend, wouldn't spend so much time down at the bar drinking beer, uh, they'd realize they need more coffee in their lives. You can gripe about sports and their takeover of your students' time, or you can be grateful when these athletes during their off seasons or when there is no practice come and join you. Welcome them. Treat them like their family. Don't be like, well, look who decided to show up. I mean, can you imagine a business saying that to you if you had not been around in a while? Be grateful when athletes make the time to join you. They've come looking for something sports cannot give them. Now, the fourth and final truth is this. You and I are not competing with sports. We are competing against ourselves. There will always be something competing for the time and the attention of our students, and not just athletes. With year-round sports, travel teams and the like, youth pastors have to take what is given to them and make the most of it. If you want to, if you, you personally, you want to reach athletes, well, here's some ideas to connect with that in your community. Have the church host team end-of-the-year banquets. Open up your fellowship hall and say, hey, if you're looking for a, a space, invite the athletes in to have that. Say, look, we're going to do it rent-free. Uh, just come on in and, and do it. We'll give you access to the kitchen. In fact, hey, listen, we'll provide the meal if you'd like. We'll go ahead and cook the meal if you want. Absolutely free. You could join the booster club. You could sponsor events. Uh, you can offer to become the team's chaplain. You can volunteer in the concession stand. This way, you're going to see a steady stream of parents. You're going to see a steady stream of people. I mean, you don't have to do it all the time. If you do it once or twice a season, hey, listen, you're being seen. You're there. You're you're saying, look, if I, if I don't have access to you know uh, people on the field, listen, maybe I can have access to parents and other people who see me volunteering. You could always become a referee. That's a tough gig. But listen, if you say, I want to participate, Become a referee, and then you are literally the center of attention on the on the field or on the uh, or on the basketball court. And you know you can go to the games, connect with the parents, coaches, and other players. Now, if you want your program to reach more athletes, uh, let me make a few suggestions. Why not have a flag football game at a nearby park and invite school teams to play? Sponsor a three-on-three basketball game. Have multi-team competitions at your youth from four to six weeks, kind of like tribes, right? You could have that. You, if you have multiple schools, then why not have schools competing? Say, look, we're going to have you know this middle school versus this middle school or this high school versus this high school. And then you have more students and more access for, and then give a big prize at the end. You know, for my kids, at the end of our competition, Petition, I'm giving them a limo ride around the city and we're going to take them bowling and we're going to take them various places and probably going to wind up at Waffle House. I mean, I love the idea of a limo pulling into Waffle House and everybody getting out to go eat. Now, listen, I, as a young person, had to, a young youth pastor, I had to you know, overcome my own biases. Listen, I, well, growing up, I wasn't a big fan of school athletes. I mean, I thought they were arrogant bullies, mainly because uh, some of them arrogantly bullied me. Uh, I was a nerd rebel, and I was into fantasy novels. I was into Dungeons & Dragons. I was into heavy metal music. And those became the kinds of students, eventually, that I was drawn to minister to. But I also knew 
that I had to make room for all kinds of kids to join us. And, and I joke with my own children. I have three kids. One became a cheerleader. Uh, one became an athlete. And one became more like me in the uh, nerdist fashion. And uh, I warned my other two kids that, look, you're becoming like people I didn't like in high school. And so, so I had to overcome my own biases. One thing that helped me change my perspective on sports and youth ministry was when one of the athletes in my youth program uh, decided uh, not to go to a weekend sports camp in favor of the retreat we were putting on. And to be honest, I was stunned. This taught me that kids who play sports who are not driven by their parents' ambitions, can choose when they need a break from sports and need more time with their spiritual community. All athletes are not the same. Athletes have needs just like anybody else. And so here's my conclusion. Student athletes are just that, students with athletic abilities. These students face their own set of trials and temptations that a good youth pastor and a good youth ministry should be aware of. Youth ministry is a tool for discipleship. Make sure your athletes know that the youth program is here for them when they need to rest or need ministry and is available to help them reach their teammates if that's their desire. Remember, you minister to your athletes whenever you show up to their game, whether you like sport ball or not, and you cheer your lungs out for them. And that is it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part today. If you're brand new to the show, don't forget, go ahead and click that subscribe button, and that way you'll uh, you'll be updated when I launch an episode. And if you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for your time and your attention. And listen, if you haven't uh, you know been feeling it lately, if you haven't been encouraging yourself, if you feel like you're a failure, if you feel like you're not doing well, if you feel like you got like the whole world just kind of against you at this moment, and you're trying to do good youth ministry, listen. You're, listen, you're, you're not doing bad youth ministry. Maybe you're not doing it as well as you can at the moment. But listen, you're giving it your best. You're trying. You're, you know, you're going to get better. You're listening to this podcast. So you, you want to get better, clearly. And of course, there's other ways of doing that by reading books and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and all that stuff. But listen, you are not a bad youth pastor. Maybe you're just early, right? Maybe you're just early in the game here. Who you are today, the kind of youth pastor you are today, and the kind of youth pastor you are a year from now is going to be very different. You're going to learn lessons. And, and that's when you start getting better at what you do. But for now, listen, if nobody's told you lately that you're doing a good job, you're a little discouraged. Can I tell you something? You're doing a good job. And most of what you do is behind the scenes. It's the phone calls you get. It's the texts you answer. It's the kids you pray with. It's the parents you talk to. Listen, it's just not going to be on display. That's that's the deal. It's a lot of the work that you're going to do is going to be behind the scenes and, and your pastor and your board of directors and your deacons and all these people that are judging you are not going to see. So just be encouraged. You're doing a good job and you're just going to get better. And that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.